Question 13 of Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 13 of the Power of Christ's Soul in Four Articles. We must now consider the power of Christ's soul, and under this head there are four points of inquiry. First, whether he had omnipotence simply. Second, whether he had omnipotence with regard to corporeal creatures. Third, whether he had omnipotence with regard to his own body. Fourth, whether he had omnipotence as regards the execution of his own will. First article. Whether the soul of Christ had omnipotence. Objection 1. It would seem that the soul of Christ had omnipotence. For Ambrose says on Luke one thirty-two, The power which the Son of God had naturally, the man was about to receive in time. Now this would seem to regard the soul principally, since it is the chief part of man. Hence, since the Son of God had omnipotence from all eternity, it would seem that the soul of Christ received omnipotence in time. Objection to further. The power of God is infinite, so is his knowledge. But the soul of Christ in a manner had the knowledge of all that God knows, as was said above in question 10, article 2. Therefore he had all power, and thus he was omnipotent. Objection 3 further. The soul of Christ has all knowledge. Now knowledge is either practical or speculative. Therefore he has a practical knowledge of what he knows, that is, he knew how to do what he knows, and thus it seems that he can do all things. On the contrary, what is proper to God cannot belong to any creature. But it is proper to God to be omnipotent, according to Exodus 15, verses 2 and 3. He is my God, and I will glorify him. And further on, Almighty is his name. Therefore, the soul of Christ, as being a creature, has not omnipotence. I answer that, as was said above in question 2, article 1, as well as in question 10, article 1, in the mystery of the Incarnation, the union in person so took place that there still remained the distinction of natures, each nature still retaining what belonged to it. Now the active principle of a thing follows its form, which is the principle of action. But the form is either the very nature of the thing, as in simple things, or is the constituent of the nature of the thing, as in such as are composed of matter and form. And it is in this way that omnipotence flows, so to say, from the divine nature. For since the divine nature is the very uncircumscribed being of God, 
as is plain from Dionysius in On the Divine Names 5, it has an active power over everything that can have the nature of being, and this is to have omnipotence, just as every other thing has an active power over such things as the perfection of its nature extends to, as what is hot gives heat. Therefore, since the soul of Christ is a part of human nature, it cannot possibly have omnipotence. Reply to Objection 1. By union with the person, the man receives omnipotence in time, which the Son of God had from eternity. The result of which union is that as the man is said to be God, so is he said to be omnipotent, not that the omnipotence of the man is distinct, as neither is his Godhead, from that of the Son of God, but because there is one person of God and man. Reply to Objection 2. According to some, knowledge and active power are not in the same ratio, for an active power flows from the very nature of the thing, inasmuch as action is considered to come forth from the agent. But knowledge is not always possessed by the very essence or form of the knower, since it may be had by assimilation of the knower to the thing known by the aid of received species. But this reason seems not to suffice, because even as we may understand by a likeness obtained from another, so also may we act by a form obtained from another, as water or iron heats, by heat borrowed from fire. Hence there would be no reason why the soul of Christ, as it can know all things by the similitudes of all things impressed upon it by God, cannot do these things by the same similitudes. It has, therefore, to be further considered that what is received in the lower nature from the higher is possessed in an inferior manner, for heat is not received by water in the perfection and strength it had in fire. Therefore, since the soul of Christ is of an inferior nature to the divine nature, the similitudes of things are not received in the soul of Christ in the perfection and strength they had in the divine nature. And hence it is that the knowledge of Christ's soul is inferior to divine knowledge as regards the manner of knowing. For God knows things more perfectly than the soul of Christ, and also as regards the number of things known, since the soul of Christ does not know all that God can do, and these God knows by the knowledge of simple intelligence, although it knows all things present, past, and future, which God knows by the knowledge of vision. So, too, the similitudes of things infused into Christ's soul do not equal the divine power in acting, that is, so as to do all that God can do, or to do in the same manner as God does, who acts with an infinite might whereof the creature is not capable. Now there is no thing to know which in some way an infinite power is needed, although a certain kind of knowledge belongs to an infinite power, Yet there are things which can be done only by an infinite power, as creation and the like, as is plain from what has been said in the first part, question 45. Hence Christ's soul, which, being a creature, is finite in might, can know, indeed all things, but not in every way. 
yet it cannot do all things which pertains to the nature of omnipotence and amongst other things it is clear it cannot create itself reply to objection three christ's soul has practical and speculative knowledge yet it is not necessary that it should have practical knowledge of those things of which it has speculative knowledge because for speculative knowledge a mere conformity or assimilation of the knower to the thing known suffices whereas for practical knowledge it is required that the forms of the things in the intellect should be operative now to have a form and to impress this form upon something else is more than merely to have the form as to be lightsome and to enlighten is more than merely to be lightsome hence the soul of christ has a speculative knowledge of creation for it knows the mode of god's creation but it has no practical knowledge of this mode since it has no knowledge operative of creation second article whether the soul of christ had omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures objection one it would seem that the soul of christ had omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures for he himself says in matthew twenty eight eighteen all power is given to me in heaven and on earth now by the words heaven and earth are meant all creatures as is plain from genesis one one in the beginning god created heaven and earth therefore it seems that the soul of christ had omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures objection to further the soul of christ is the most perfect of all creatures but every creature can be moved by another creature for augustine says in on the trinity three four that even as the denser and lower bodies are ruled in a fixed way by the subtler and stronger bodies so are all bodies by the spirit of life and the irrational spirit of life by the rational spirit of life and the true want and sinful rational spirit of life by the rational loyal and righteous spirit of life but the soul of christ moves even the highest spirits enlightening them as dionysius says in on the celestial hierarchy seven therefore it seems that the soul of christ has omnipotence with regards to the transmutation of creatures objection three further christ's soul had in its highest degree the grace of miracles or works of might but every transmutation of the creature can belong to the grace of miracles since even the heavenly bodies were miraculously changed from their course as dionysius proves in his letter to polycarp therefore christ's soul had omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures on the contrary to transmute creatures belongs to him who preserves them now this belongs to god alone according to hebrews one three upholding all things by the word of his power therefore god alone has omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures therefore this does not belong to christ's soul 
I answer that, two distinctions are here needed. Of these, the first is with respect to the transmutation of creatures, which is threefold. The first is natural, being brought about by the proper agent naturally. The second is miraculous, being brought about by a supernatural agent above the wanted order and course of nature, as to raise the dead. The third is inasmuch as every creature may be brought to nothing. The second distinction has to do with Christ's soul, which may be looked at in two ways, first in its proper nature, and with its power of nature or of grace. Secondly, as it is the instrument of the word of God personally united to him. Therefore, if we speak of the soul of Christ in its proper nature, and with its power of nature or of grace, it had power to cause those effects proper to a soul, for example, to rule the body and direct human acts, and also, by the fullness of grace and knowledge, to enlighten all rational creatures falling short of its perfection, in a manner befitting a rational creature. But if we speak of the soul of Christ as it is the instrument of the word united to him, it had an instrumental power to effect all the miraculous transmutations ordainable to the end of the Incarnation, which is, to re-establish all things that are in heaven and on earth. Confer Ephesians 1 verse 10. But the transmutation of creatures, inasmuch as they may be brought to nothing, corresponds to their creation, whereby they were brought from nothing. And hence, even as God alone can create, so too he alone can bring creatures to nothing. And hence, even as God alone can create, so too he alone can bring creatures to nothing, and he alone upholds them in being, lest they fall back to nothing. And thus it must be said that the soul of Christ had not omnipotence with regard to the transmutation of creatures. Reply to Objection 1 As Jerome says, on the text quoted, power is given to him, that is, to Christ and man, who a little while before was crucified, buried in the tomb, and afterwards rose again. But power is said to have been given him by reason of the union whereby it was brought about that a man was omnipotent, as was said above in Article 1, First Reply. And although this was made known to the angels before the resurrection, yet after the resurrection it was made known to all men, as Remigius says in the Catena Aurea. Now, things are said to happen when they are made known, as Hugh of St. Victor was known to say. Hence, after the resurrection, our Lord says that all power is given to him in heaven and on earth. Reply to Objection 2. Although every creature is transmutable by some other creature, except indeed the highest angel, and even it can be enlightened by Christ's soul, yet not every transmutation that can be made in a creature can be made by a creature since some transmutations can be made by God alone. Yet all transmutations that can be made in creatures can be made by the soul of Christ, 
as the instrument of the word, but not in its proper nature and power, since some of these transmutations pertain to the soul neither in the order of nature nor in the order of grace. Reply to Objection 3. As was said in the second part, question 178, article 1, first reply, the grace of mighty works or miracles is given to the soul of a saint so that these miracles are wrought not by his own but by divine power. Now this grace was bestowed on Christ's soul most excellently, that is, not only that he might work miracles, but also that he might communicate this grace to others. Hence it is written in Matthew 10, verse 1, that, Having called his twelve disciples together, he gave them power over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all manner of diseases and all manner of infirmities. Third article. Whether the soul of Christ had omnipotence with regard to his own body. Objection 1. It would seem that Christ's soul had omnipotence with regard to his own body. For Damascene says in On the True Faith 3, 20 and 23, that all natural things were voluntary to Christ. He willed to hunger, he willed to thirst, he willed to fear, he willed to die. Now God is omnipotent because he hath done all things whatsoever he would according to Psalm 113, verse 11. Therefore, it seems that Christ's soul had omnipotence with regard to the natural operations of the body. Objection to further. Human nature was more perfect in Christ than in Adam, who had a body entirely subject to the soul, so that nothing could happen to the body against the will of the soul and on this account of the original justice which it had in the state of innocence. Much more, therefore, had Christ's soul omnipotence with regard to his body. Objection 3 further. The body is naturally changed by the imaginations of the soul, and so much more changed the stronger the soul's imagination, as was said in the first part, question 117, article 3, third reply. Now the soul of Christ had most perfect strength as regards both the imagination and the other powers. Therefore, the soul of Christ was omnipotent with regard to his own body. On the contrary, it is written in Hebrews 2 verse 17 that it behooved him in all things to be made like unto his brethren, and especially as regards what belongs to the condition of human nature. But it belongs to the condition of human nature that the health of the body and its nourishment and growth are not subject to the bidding of reason or will, since natural things are subject to God alone who is the author of nature. Therefore they were not subject in Christ. Therefore Christ's soul was not omnipotent with regard to his own body. I answer that, as stated above in Article 2, Christ's soul may be viewed in two ways, first in its proper nature and power, and in this way, as it was incapable of making exterior bodies swerve from the course and order of nature, so too was it incapable of changing its own body from its natural disposition, 
since the soul of its own nature has a determinate relation to its body. Secondly, Christ's soul may be viewed as an instrument united in the person to God's word. And thus every disposition of his own body was wholly subject to his power. Nevertheless, since the power of an action is not properly attributed to the instrument, but to the principal agent, this omnipotence is attributed to the word of God rather than to Christ's soul. Reply to Objection 1. This saying of Damascene refers to the divine will of Christ, since, as he says in the preceding chapter, in On the True Faith 19, 14, and 15, it was by the consent of the divine will that the flesh was allowed to suffer and do what was proper to it. Reply to Objection 2. It was no part of the original justice which Adam had in the state of innocence that a man's soul should have the power of changing his own body to any form, but that it should keep it from any hurt. Yet Christ could have assumed even this power if he had wished. But since man has three states, notably innocence, sin, and glory, even as from the state of glory he assumed comprehension, and from the state of innocence freedom from sin, so also from the state of sin did he assume the necessity of being under the penalties of this life, as will be said in question 14, article 2. Reply to objection 3. If the imagination be strong, the body obeys naturally in some things, for example, as regards falling from a beam set on high, since the imagination was formed to be a principle of local motion, as is said in On the Soul 3, 9 and 10. So too, as regards alteration in heat and cold and their consequences, for the passions of the soul wherewith the heart is moved naturally follow the imagination, and thus by commotion of the spirits the whole body is altered. But the other corporeal dispositions which have no natural relation to the imagination are not transmuted by the imagination, however strong it is, for example, the shape of the hand or foot or such like. Fourth article. Whether the soul of Christ had omnipotence as regards the execution of his will. Objection 1. It would seem that the soul of Christ had not omnipotence as regards the execution of his own will. For it is written in Mark 7.24 that, Entering into a house, he would that no man should know it, and he could not be hid. Therefore, he could not carry out the purpose of his will in all things. Objection to further. A command is a sign of will, as was said in the first part, question 19, article 12. But our Lord commanded certain things to be done, and the contrary came to pass, for it is written in Matthew 9, verses 30 and 31, that Jesus strictly charged them whose eyes had been opened, saying, See that no man know this. But they going out to spread his fame abroad in all that country. Therefore, he could not carry out the purpose of his will in everything. Objection 3 further. A man does not ask from another for what he can do himself. 
but our lord besought the father praying for what he wished to be done for it is written in luke six verse twelve he went out into the mountain to pray and he passed the whole night in the prayer of god therefore he could not carry out the purpose of his will in all things on the contrary augustine says in on questions of the old and new testament question eighty seven it is impossible for the will of the saviour not to be fulfilled nor is it possible for him to will what he knows ought not to come to pass i answer that christ's soul willed things in two ways first what was to be brought about by himself and it must be said that he was capable of whatever he willed thus since it would not befit his wisdom if he willed to do anything of himself that was not subject to his will secondly he wished things to be brought about by the divine power as the resurrection of his own body and such like miraculous deeds which he could not effect by his own power except as the instrument of the godhead as was said above in article two reply to objection one as augustine says in his questions on the old and new testament question seventy seven what came to pass this christ must be said to have willed for it must be remarked that this happened in the country of the gentiles to whom it was not yet time to preach yet it would have been invidious not to welcome such as came spontaneously for the faith hence he did not wish to be heralded by his own and yet he wished to be sought and so it came to pass or it may be said that this will of christ was not with regard to what was to be carried out by it but with regard to what was to be done by others which did not come under his human will hence in the letter of pope agatho which was approved in the sixth council we read when he the creator and redeemer of all wished to be hid and could not must not this be referred only to his human will which he deigned to assume in time reply to objection to as gregory says in his commentary on job nineteen by the fact that our lord charged his mighty works to be kept secret he gave an example to his servants coming after him that they should wish their miracles to be hidden and yet that others may profit by their example they are made public against their will and thus this command signified his will to fly from human glory according to john eight verse fifty i seek not my own glory yet he wished absolutely and especially by his divine will that the miracle wrought should be published for the good of others reply to objection three christ prayed both for things that were to be brought about by divine power and for what he himself was to do by his human will since the power and operation of christ's soul depend on god who works in all both to will and to accomplish as is stated in philippians two thirteen end of question thirteen read by michael shane craig lambert l c